welcome to Ipsa Dixit, a podcast on legal scholarship. I'm your host, Brian L. Fry, Spears Gilbert Professor of Law at the University of Kentucky College of Law. My guest is Mikhail Colonna, an art collector, NFT advisor, and co-founder of Arthropo, a Web3 native crypto art project, which just released a new project titled Viralia. We will discuss Arthropo and Colonna's perspective on the NFT space. So welcome to the show, Mikhail. Uh, thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on the show. Yeah, I'm delighted. Um, I've been, you know, looking over the projects you're doing. They look really cool. A lot of great artists. But for for listeners who may not be familiar with you yet, maybe you could, we could start by by having you talk a little bit about yourself and about about your background. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I was uh, I'm originally traditionally from the uh, from the uh, apparel space. I've always been uh, I've always uh, played roles, you know, leadership roles, uh, marketing roles, right in the uh, in the fashion uh, in the fashion industry. I was born and raised in Italy. Um, I've been in the states for quite a bit of a time, but uh, uh, you know, fashion was my first uh, my first uh, uh, you know job out of college, and it's one that lasted pretty much all my career. Um, and which I did until two years ago, right? In the meantime, I was also a, uh, I've been an art collector, contemporary art, most of my life, right? Um, I focused uh, um, specifically on the African-American experience, African-American artists and folk art. Um, and, uh, but, you know, the last two years, once COVID broke in uh, uh, early 20, I found myself with uh, a ton of time, <laughs> as, we, as we all did, right, during the, during the pandemic. And uh, and I made the um, I, 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 I yeah I, I made that uh, uh, that move which is to kind of uh, poke around in the uh, in the NFT uh, a rabbit hole right and uh, and here I am two years later with no intention of <laughs> of, of, of getting out of it uh, yeah so uh, so two years ago right I I, I segged into uh, 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 um, NFT in the NFT space in Web three as a collector first and foremost, right? Because uh, you know, building on my uh, uh, on my you know my traditional collecting contemporary art, and uh, and I just fell in love with the space. I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with the uh, uh, with the work with the art. Uh, I I believe there's uh, an incredible amount of talent, an incredible amount of vision, uh, and I thought you know the, you know the, the way we can we conduct ourselves in the mo- in, in modern life the way we communicate and the way we, we operate, which is through digital uh, tools and digital media and digital platforms, um, you know, I came quickly to the conclusion that uh, uh, blockchain would be the, the, the way forward, right? And therefore, everything that that's enabled by the blockchain, by blockchain technology, whether it's, you know, NFT, DeFi, or whatever it is. Um, so, it, so it's a place that I find myself uh, really, interestingly enough, I find myself really quickly at home. And it's a place that I decided right away was one I wanted to pivot into. Um, and uh, so two years later, here I am, you know, through the network and the connections that I and the friendships that I've built. Um, I've set up a, a consultancy uh, business. So I do um, I do Web3 marketing, uh, but, you know, I'm still very much a, 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 a collector at heart. And uh, but I also do uh, I also do some developing. Right. And uh, Arthropo is the result of that. Um, Arthropo was launched about, um, I would say, well, we started working on it about six months ago and, um, we're a very interesting group. There's four of us, right. And we are, um, diverse. We are, uh, 50% male, 50% female. We're, there's four co-founders. 
I'm based out of Philadelphia and the rest of the team is based out of Toronto. Um, and we have, uh, you know, we have uh, collectors, we have art experts, we have uh, technologists in the form of developers, uh, you know, software designers. So we're kind of like a project where sort of like art and, um, and, and technology meet. And, and honestly, we think that's the nexus where uh, perhaps most of the interesting work takes place, where most of the interesting um, uh, discoveries are happening right now. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's my background. Um, I don't know if you need me to go into more details into anything specific, but uh, yeah. Well, one thing I was wondering was, as a collector in the conventional art world, what quality or qualities of the NFT space first caught your attention and got you interested in NFTs and in blockchain and in the Web3 space? Were there particular things that really caught your attention initially? And are were those kind of interests that sort of have persisted or have your has your focus shifted as your knowledge base has deepened? That, that is an excellent question, Brian. I, I have to think hard about this, right? Because, you know, uh, my approach to collecting, right, it's, 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 it's not as much about technique or it's not as much about uh, a track uh, record as far as sales and all that. Um, it's funny because I just tweeted about it today. Um, but I, 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 look in, I look in belief, right? I look on the, on, from the artist's perspective. I look, at, I, look into, I look at belief and intent, right? Because that tells me there's a vision, Tells me there's a um, a dedication to the craft. There's a uh, a thesis behind the work, behind the approach of the artist, right? And to me, it speaks like to a commit to commitment to the to the medium and to the and to the and to the art and to the craft, right? And that and that and that typically tells me that the artist is there for a long term. It's not just like a um, a, a, a five year parenthesis to try and play around with art, but it speaks to you know a, a certain degree of of seriousness, right? Um, and so when I, when I stumbled into the NFT, I found, you know, I came across artists that were already doing this for like three, four, five years. And we're talking about artists that, you know, came out of the Tumblr experience. And before that, the dump experience, right, which was probably the, f- the first platform for glitch art, right, uh, which was a precursor to, uh, to crypto. Um, and uh, so to me, it was like quickly, OK, this, this is not a fluke. This is not a. Uh, um, you know, it's not a trend. It's not uh, a drive-by. This is a, a body of work, a body of artists uh, in uh, in a new medium, in a new platform, in a new um, um, in a new environment. Right, uh, doing the same type of the same type of work. Right, that a that a traditional IRL artist would do with the same you know seriousness, same approach, but in this new amazing. Um, uh, world, right, which is the digital space, the digital world, right, uh, that uh, Web3, that blockchain is, because at the end of the day, it's really about blockchain, right, it's really about the technology, right, and what it empowers, what it, what it empowers people to do, right, um, um, I always want to bring it back to the technology that facilitates all this, that empowers all this, right, so, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of what, uh, what made me, um, you know, you know, tune in and really, really understand right away that we're dealing with a, uh, you know, something of, of big, big substance. Were there particular artists that, or particular collections that initially caught your attention? You know, again, as someone who had long experience in the art world, that kind of helped you to see that this was happening and that there was something kind of exciting 
and and promising there? That, uh, that, uh, excellent question. So the um, I, so I found myself my first intro right was with this uh, Italian auction house uh, called uh, called Combi, which in, in collaboration with an Ita- with uh, another Italian entity uh, organized this. Uh, this uh, this this auction of uh, of of, uh, of crypto artists, crypto work, right? And uh, and 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 the reason why I paid attention to it because was I was really really taken back and really surprised how dynamic and how uh, active and how sophisticated the, uh, the 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 digital art, the crypto art uh, space was in Italy. You know, we you know we we tend not to be at the forefront. Of many things, uh, you know, uh, in the last few years. So to 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 really, you know, to really notice that um, uh, crypto art was definitely taking hold in in a very serious manner in Italy, which is where I'm from, uh, really kind of uh, perked up my interest. So so I started. So it was, uh, you know, talking about artists like Federico Clapis, who's you know one of the most established artists out there. Uh, Mattia Cutini, who's one of the uh, the OGs, right? Um, Nicola Scognamiglio, who's uh, based out of Amsterdam, is Italian, he's from Naples, but he works out of Amsterdam. Uh, Mattia Pannoni. Uh, so I started collecting, um, uh, uh, you know, those those types of arts, right? Displaced, uh, which is my very first piece that I bought from from uh, uh, Nicola. Uh, like I say, he's Amsterdam based, but uh, which is still my one of my favorite pieces, just a spectacular. Uh, and two years later, they're still, you know, in the, in the thick and thin of their career. Uh, but anyway, so it's, um, it, you know, it's, it, uh, you know, Giovanni Motta, um, amazing, amazing artist, right? Still at the forefront, still at the uh, at the apex of their of their of their career. And that was my 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 first foray into the space. And then obviously, you know, we, uh, um, you know, moved on to not moved on, continued to build the collection on, you know, with. Uh, other you know established artists like Adam Bisbro out of uh, out of you know uh, Virginia, who, you know he goes under the uh, the handle AD uh, AD right, uh, an amazing artist, the Isolationist, um, uh, uh, who's uh, I think he's a non, he's still a non today, but uh, uh, wonderful wonderful artist, uh, you know Osinachi. Um, so, uh, gosh, there's such a long list, and um, that's why I say it's such a deep deep bench, and it's such a Gosh, you, you, you can go out 24 hours a day at seven days a week at it. So, yeah. Also, maybe you could talk then a little bit about the transition into kind of advising others about the NFT market and also forming, forming Arthropos, sort of like what's the trajectory for you getting to that point? What does that look like? It's... Um, it's it listen it, it's uh, Brian, it, it is it, to me it's it's been such a fascinating parenthesis a two year parenthesis of this world where you feel reinvigorated you know like what 25 years in the fashion world and the fashion world is pretty pretty uh, pretty uh, forward thinking it's pretty it's where all the um, where all the cutting edge you know takes place but yet you know you could easily feel uh, you know trapped and stale but and so and I haven't felt this uh, excited and invigorated as I have in the last two years with uh, with within crypto. Um, so yeah, so you know, coming out of the uh, out of the out of the traditional space, so and, and coming into the into the NFT space, right? The fir- well, the first thing it's that it's the it's the connections, right? The network that you build, right? So uh, very quickly because of the collecting, because of the outreaching, because of the um, you know, I was able to establish a pretty quick um, you know uh, network of 
you know, of world, you know, world renowned artists and collectors, right? Fellow collectors, right? Uh, you know, because there's certain, uh, uh, how should I call them, certain canons or certain uh, um, dynamics within the, 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 the Web3 space, right? Um, which is all about community. So once, you know, once you're part of one, right, it's, you know, it's pretty easy to move from, uh, from community to community. And therefore, with that, you know, comes, uh, you know, the, a building of knowledge, right, of the, of the dynamics of the space, of the, of the players of the space, of the influences of the space, um, and, the, and, and, and most importantly, the, 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 code, the code of behavior, the code of ethics, the, the, you know, the how to do things, right? So, you know, six months into it, a year into it, and we're talking about dog years, right? Because six months in crypto, it's like, it might as well be seven years <laughs> in, uh, in IRL, right? So, um, so I felt I was quickly, you know, um, and obviously having a body of knowledge of marketing, right? Uh, you know, 25 years, right? Um, made it a pretty, pretty uh, easy progression into um, a, you know, a, an advisory or consultancy, right? Which was set up really to help uh, traditional collectors or institution that wanted to expand and come coming to the uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 web3 space right and helping them onboard them or expand their collection or start collecting um, uh, you know uh, crypto artists right and that included also investment firms right I worked with a with one uh, specific uh, firm who was uh, looking to start you know an investment fund on uh, just for crypto art. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that, so that's the, uh, you know, the, the business end of thing. Right. And then obviously because of the passion for art and the, the intent to pivot full time and just to be in the space, you know, because it's such a fascinating space, uh, for me to figure out a way to kind of, uh, uh, you know, stay with it. Right. Um, you know, I decided to, uh, you know, to start, to start, you know, a project as well to, uh, as developers, as project, uh, as builders. Right. So that's when we decided, uh, me and these, uh, the, the, uh, again, people that I met throughout the, throughout the space, throughout the, uh, just through, from the community, right? Um, we, we, we started uh, Arthropo and again, leveraging our connection, leveraging our relationships with, uh, uh, with the artist community. And, uh, and, and here we are, you know, three months into it. Um, we, yeah, we, not two, no, a month and a, we launched in September, so. Um, so we're coming up in two months, yeah. Well, so one thing I've been really interested in about that is sort of the bridging the gap that you're discussing between the kind of conventional art market and the the NFT space. Because my sense is the conventional art market is a very kind of interpersonal, private, like relationship driven world that's hard to see yeah. from the outside whereas in a lot of ways the you know the web3 space is kind of interestingly like very anonymous but also at the same time place much more publicly on discord servers and and that kind of thing i i wonder sort of like was that a a difficult transition for you to make, or did you find it different in important ways? And how do you kind of translate the kind of norms and expectations of the Web3 space to people who might not already be familiar with them? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it fascinating. It's a, a fascinating point because obviously in, uh, in, in traditional art in IRL, there's a lot of gatekeeping, right? You have the you have the in between uh, 
you know, the in-between parties, right? The gallerists, the curators, the, uh, uh, the institutions, right? That sort of buffer the, uh, uh, you know, the relationship between the, uh, the tradition, the, between the artist and the collector, right? Obviously, you have your studio visits, right? But they're always handheld. They're always like babysat, right? babysitted, right? Um, and uh, once you get into Web 2, it's like, you know, you're in the lines then. You're on your own, right? Which is liberating, but... Uh, so my, my my okay my observations are are these right um, yes there is that element of uh, one a peer to peer uh, access right the, the the relationship between collector and artist but I think there's still opportunity still room for uh, curatorial roles right uh, uh, um, you know aggregators or people that are going to tell story help help artists tell stories right. Um, or put together uh, narratives, or, or put together arcs of uh, of stories that uh, in, you know that tell you know that that tell an artistic um, tale in a, in a period of time. So, um, and I think that's the that's the role that we fulfill. You know, there, there, there's still a lot of um, um, I should say there's still I would say there's a bit of a shoot mentality in that there's. Um, there's still very few, there's not enough collectors that follow their own uh, vision, their own instinct. There's still a tendency to sort of like uh, pay attention to what like the cool collector is buying so that I can buy it too. Uh, but that, that's going to come with maturity of the space, right? That's going to, people get more comfortable. Um, so I feel like there's still, uh, and you know, and also the the idea of, of what's art and what's not art, right? It's still, uh, you know, it's it's still being uh, discussed and 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 argued and 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 um, and and thought about in some cases, right? So, uh, but then again, it's like any space at the beginning, right? There's these growing pains. So, uh, but the talent is undeniable; it cannot be uh, cannot be denied. It's just it's just there, and it, there's ton of it, right? Um, so, so, you know, so for us, you know, it's about, uh, you know, uh, you know, going through this like incredible amount of, of, of individuals, right. Of, of individual talents are scattered throughout the world. Right. And, uh, and help kind of like, you know, put together stories, right. That we can, um, that we can, uh, weave together and, 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 and present in a, um, in a, in a group format. Right. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's really what I would, I would say to that. Yeah. So in your interactions with collectors from the kind of more conventional art space, have you seen different levels of comfort in sort of making forays into NFT collecting as well? Like do different collectors find it easier or more difficult to sort of wrap their head around what's taking place? Because it seems like from the perspective of a lot of collect uh, kind of conventional art collectors, it, it, it could be tough, but then I could also imagine, you know, people collecting in certain spaces, like, you know, people collecting, for example, in like conceptual art spaces might find it easier. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the, uh, Brian, the reality is we're, we're, uh, we're at, we're at the, um, you know, we're at the staring up Brillo boxes and, and soup can stages of the, of, of the, of, of the medium, right? That's where we are. We, it's 1962. We are walking by, I forget which gallery it was in New York. And stumbling upon a, a pile of, of Brillo boxes, right? Now, there's very few that are going to value that, right? Or they're not, not value. They're going to look at that and say, "Hmm, uh, it doesn't seem like, but I should be taking this seriously, right?" 
uh, but uh, but with everything that's new, right? That's the people that are successful, right? Because they they spot the opportunity early enough and they have the conviction to act on it, right? Uh, so and that, and that's exactly the reality that I that I found myself in, right? In that uh, most of the my network of fellow collectors, they they were already in the space, and there's been very few that have made that uh, because it it just takes it takes stomach, right? It takes the ability to see because you know it is it is a JPEG. I mean, it, it, in, in in reality, what it is, it is it is a a, a, a a digital file that anybody can right click and save and copy, right? But it's the understanding behind it. it's the it's that claim that you have that specific JPEG through a token, right? That really uh, you know empowers and gives it. So what you know the way I look at it, it's like it's really it, you know the NFT space is this uh, this. Um, amusement park right and your token is the entry right uh, and the community the community it, it, it's all about in life it's all about uh conventions right uh, you know group of people get together and agree that this is money that this is worth something right so in this case the web3 community has come together and they come up with a convention that nfts are uh, a token is is a value right so the token is your entrance to this uh, sort of economy right to this uh, amusement park right um, so, but there's not, there's not, you know, uh, a lot of people, not a lot of people, there's not, it's not for everybody from the, uh, IRL, the traditional world to come in it's okay. I get it. Right. Now there's also the technology, the technological hurdle, right? You've got to get a wallet and it's not just a wallet. You know, ideally you want to get a ledger, right? You have to connect with your MetaMask. You got to start, you know, uh, start moving money from your checking account to your uh, Coinbase account, then take it from there or your Gemini and then move it to your uh, MetaMask. Uh, so, you know, it takes uh, willingness, right? You have to have the, 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 the will to want to do this, right? Uh, and those that are really, you know, kind of take to it, uh, well, have no, you know, no issue with them do it, right? So, but there, there is, there is there, yeah, I'm not going to say it's easy. There's a lot of hurdles, right? And there's the skepticism, right? So you really have to be, you have to just believe it. You have to understand, you have to come to the conclusion that it is the way forward, that we have crossed the digital Rubicon, and, uh, and we're at the threshold of a new era. Maybe you could talk then about how you've kind of instantiated or tried to realize some of this with this new project. I mean, Arthropo just released this this cool new set collection of, of work. Like maybe can you talk a little bit about how you know, like how you chose those particular artists, sort of how you tried to tell and why you thought this would resonate as kind of an inaugural collection for for uh... yeah no no for, for sure for sure um, yeah I mean the, 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 you know in Web three there, there's there's a lot of marketplaces there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of platforms right where artists can go and mint but so so our our idea our thought was well. Uh, uh, if you look at our description, we we like to call ourselves we're a, we're a long form uh, NFT project, right? And by long form, we mean you know uh, uh, you know something of substance, right? Something of uh, of a um, of not just an afterthought, a place where an artist just doesn't just come there, mint drops, and then goes home, right? Moves on, right? We wanted to create a uh, a project, a platform, a place dedicated to digital fine arts, right? To crypto art, where we would uh, uh, we would challenge intellectually and artistically the uh, and creatively, right? The uh, the artists with a uh, what we call thematic drops, right? Every month we have we come up with a theme that it, we feel is of 
high, uh, that is highly consequential and of high relevance. And, and then what we do is we enlist uh, four or five artists to develop work uh, that, that speaks to that theme and to that comment. And the result is uh, one theme, one question, and five, four or five different interpretations of this theme and question. And together, it makes for a very compelling um, um, uh, product, right? It, 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 it's, uh, it's, it's five distinct visions, right? Um, and, uh, but, you know, we try to, and, and we try to build a narrative. It's almost like an editorial approach, right? Um, in that we, you know, we, we, we're very, very particular about, you know, building for the long term, building on substance, not on hype, and really building a, a self-sustaining narrative, right? So... So the first, the, the, the Genesis drop, which was called Dystopia, the, the formal name is Dystopia, uh, the human condition on the threshold of the digital era. Um, and, you know, we felt like it was a very important uh, team because if I looked at some of the artists that I was working with, you could see there was an underlining anxiety, right? Of like, the, uh, there was excitement of this future or this digital future, right? This crossing into the, into the, uh, into the threshold of the metaverse, right? And maybe also the fear of what, what if we cannot, you know, come back from it? You know, what happens when man makes way for machine, right? What happens when machine takes over, right? And we lose the control. Uh, what happens when we, uh, when we give up our uh, element uh, of our, our sense of identity, right? Because, you know, we are, you know, all our all our lives are based on on, on a sense of identity. Right? Once we surrender, that it becomes pretty dangerous, right? Um, so, so we thought it was a very, very uh, relevant and highly consequential topic. So, so that's the that's the first drop, and we and we uh, enlisted artists that were already exploring and and really, really struggling with, and 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 really, really. Um, you know, having this internal conflict with that with that team, right? So we brought in um, Nicolas Cognamillo, who's been doing a lot of work in that in that in that vein, right? Uh, you know, he, he has works like uh, Taken. Um, uh, he's got Displaced. Uh, he has Mad Villain. He has, uh, gosh, he's got an incredible body of work, which you know speaks specifically to that, right? To this dystopic uh, uh, future. Mattia Pannoni with his uh, primordial humanity series, right, which is all about that, right? The, um, you know, the, 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 this this embrace, but this fear of the of this future. Uh, I mean, I have one of his pieces called Twenty One Hundred, which is a, um, I mean, it, it, to me, it's one of my favorite pieces. It's just spectacular. It's this this figure in the in the distance, which you can't see, and he's walking two dogs in a in a mountainside, and you realize the dogs are actually robots. So he's taking two robots for. For walks, all right. So we're talking about this uh, uh, this interpretation of the future, um, and so we brought in Nicolas Cognamillo, we brought in Matteo Pannoni, then we brought in the isolationist, um, who also, you know, is is in on, right? So you know, we talk about identity, right? The stoic identity. I feel like um, uh, the isolationist embodies that, right? And then we brought in LA-based uh, uh, crypto artist uh, Anthony Samaniego, who's an amazing, amazing artist. Um, and, uh, so those were the four, the, the four artists that made up, made the, the, the very first drop. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, 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 it's a very, very dear project for me because it, uh, it really, um, oh, I forgot to mention. And then, so the way it worked, right. There was, uh, you, you know, the, the, the collector bought the, the, the four pieces. So it was, you got the four NFT in an addition of 25, there was only 25 that were made. 
And but there was there was also a a bonus piece, uh, which was a soliloque. We like to call them digital artifacts. We wanted to create sort of like time capsules or message in a bottle kind of a things. Um, a a very personal uh, piece of work that would be uh, confined uh, no con- uh, consigned to the blockchain uh, for posterity, right? To live forever and ever. And so Mattia Pannoni took on that challenge. And he did a 10-minute soliloquy where he basically poured out his soul. So imagine 20 years from now when he's an, when he's an established, uh, successful artist. And then we go and pick up this, uh, this recording that's on the blockchain, indestructible, irrefutable, indisputable, right? And, uh, and we listen to his voice from 20 years before talking about his, uh, his personal uh, uh, conflict, right? And, uh, and, his, and his passion, his vision for the... Uh, for the art, and uh, we think it's really, really uh, special. Mm. Uh, and every drop is going to do that. It's going to have this bonus piece. Mm. Um, and then we say that uh, we say that with uh, this month, which we, we literally just released, uh, Ruralia, right? Um, which the official name is Ruralia, uh, in praise of the overlook, the visual poetry of the co- of commonplaces. And uh, what we wanted to do with Ruralia, we wanted to sort of like take back. Um, you know, all that we take for granted in life, right? Um, look, you can live in the most beautiful places on place on earth and you have the most beautiful setting and chances are five years into it, 10 years into it, it's going to feel numb and you're going to walk right by it and think nothing of it for the rest of your life, right? Um, but that's life. That's a, that's, a, that's a human instinct, right? And so we wanted to explore that. We wanted to tease that out and see, what it will look like? What if we put the spotlight back on it and turn the ordinary back into the extraordinary, right? Um, and so with that, we um, enlisted uh, five amazing artists. We brought in um, Andy Felton, UK-based Andy Felton. We brought in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico-based uh, Natalie Christensen. We brought in uh, um, uh, LA-based uh, Lawrence Fuller, a very, very established actor and artist. Um, and then we brought in a uh, um, Monterey-based Fernando Gallegos, who's an amazing artist. And then, um, interestingly enough, uh, Shiraz, Iran, Iranian-based uh, artist, Hossein um, Gostasbi, uh, who actually went through, uh, last week or so, went through some uh, challenges on his end with the, uh, with the unrest that's happening there in Iran. Um, and... Um, and then Andy was the one who volunteered the digital artifact, you know, which was basically a a, 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 a long uh, list of codes, right? Which you know, the, whoever minted it gets to translate it and get this really, really personal, uh, a, a mini essay that uh, Andy wrote, right? Again, it's a it's a time capsule. It's a uh, it's a it's a digital artifact. It's a message in a bottle. It's minted. It goes onto the blockchain, and it's there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and um, and then and now we're getting ready for November, which is going to be huge. November is going to is what we're calling ethos. Ethos uh, is our attempt to bridging the gap between chains. If you look at our manifesto, we have three points. We have the first one is uh, um, um, let me let me read them to you. The official names of our it's uh, t- the first one is support crypto artists in the crypto art community at large throughout the Arthropo permanent collection. So 10% of each drop goes back into the community 
in, in the form of, you know, art buying that we put into our permanent collection. The second one is to promote the education of crypto and crypto art through the Arthropo Foundation. Eventually, we want to build residency, digital art residencies. And the last one is the bridging of the gap between IRL and, uh, and, and Web3, as you mentioned earlier. But we added another element, the bridging of the gap between chains, because the culture within, within each chain is, can vary substantially. And we were particularly taking, um, um, uh, uh, paying attention to the Tezos, the Tezos vibe, which was fantastic. Some of the best, some of the most interesting finds out of Tezos. And we wanted to put the spotlight on that and bring that to the, to the Ethereum uh, um, uh, uh, community, right? And uh, so we have this, uh, we have two drops scheduled for November one, and they're both gonna be called, the, ma the, the main um, uh, team is called uh, uh, Field Trip, There Goes the Neighborhood. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, trying to have a little bit of fun, you know, bringing the Tezos vibe to Ethereum. And uh, one of our advisors, uh, Mikey Wilson, who's one of the biggest, uh, one of the most prominent Tezos collector, uh, is building, to me, what, what is one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most consequential Tezos collection um, of art, uh, minted on Tezos, and is curating um, uh, one of the drops, and it's going to be called Mickey's Tezos Playhouse. We're having a little bit, a little fun, you know, and, um, uh, and Pee-wee's uh, show right so um and that's going to be that's going to be huge because there's there's a lot of attention there's a lot of uh, uh interest around uh the talent there's some major collectors that have started to move or started to collect uh from ETH to tezos talking about the uh you know the karma cowboys of this world the uh, vince van Doe's of this world the center rocks they're all um you know they're all you know collecting I don't want to say aggressively, but you know they're they're definitely paying attention to the space for sure. So, well, Michaela, I, I wonder if you could briefly, in closing, talk a little bit about what you've learned since launching Arthropo, how that is like affecting or inflecting your decision making process going forward, and 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 where you see it going in the future. Wow, that's um, that, that's probably one of the best uh, closing questions. Well, uh, the first the first uh, realization is that uh, 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 the bear is a bitch. <laughs> I don't know how to say that, but uh, um, we're probably one of the most challenging, one of the most oh gosh, yeah, challenging is probably the best word. One of the toughest stretches of uh, of, uh, of of Web three, right? Of uh, of this of NFT space, right? Um, with very, very little activity. There's collecting for sure going on, but uh, not at the level we saw in 21 and 22. So there's definitely a major pause. Um, and uh, and it's as bare as it's going to get. It's pretty bad, you know, and all the players will, 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 will tell you that. However, however, it is probably the best time to build, right? And that's what we decided. You know, we're, we're, we're here to build. We're here to stay. We're here for the long term. Because we believe in the technology, we believe in the community, we believe in the art, we believe in the quality of the art, and uh, so we're just rolling up our sleeves and and just continue to putting out the work, uh, uh, you know, high quality work, right? So, um, so you know, and we, like I said at the beginning, we're not a hype shop. We're not running on FOMO or okay, you know, we open the drop and it's closing in six hours. You know, it's gonna be sold out. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, I, uh, you know, our gallery, it's like, you know, the work is there, 
it's available, you can mint. There's, you know, there's these limited amount of editions, but once it's, you know, uh, once it's sold, it's sold, right? So, um, so that's what that's the, the that's the learning, right? Uh, you know, to stay true to the vision, but at the same time being flexible enough to course correct, right? Uh, so maybe some of the dynamics change. You know, maybe we'll offer like um, individual because right up to, up until now. Um, you you can only buy a drop as a package as as the four works together. Uh, it was a great price, uh, half an ETH, right, for five NFTs of established artists, right? Uh, but maybe some people just wanted to buy one of the artists, not all five, right? So, uh, so we're definitely course correct. You know, we're still you know we're still a young product, yeah, you know, still a young project, right? Uh, you know, we only have like 500 followers. Now we have super high influential followers and you know, people in the community that are. Um, you know, we have some some of the, the most uh, um, influential, some of the most most prominent figures in the space that follows. But you know, we're not we, we, you know, we don't have the big number, the big communities yet. But but you know, like I said, because we, we're building for the long term, we're doing it the right way. We're not shilling. We're not um, you know, we're not promoting. We're not uh, meaning like we're not doing free promotions. We're not doing white lists or any of that stuff. We're just slowly building and doing all through word of mouth. Um, and, uh, so, uh, I would say, uh, belief in the, in the work, belief in the product, belief in the, uh, in the space, but with the flexibility to course correct as you, as you go forward, as you go along. Um, you know, uh, we're luck and step, uh, with my collectors, you know, uh, or with, with, the, with my co-founders. Um, um, yeah, we're pretty much, um, all aligned, right? So. And you know, and actually, I like to give credit to my co-founders who have been phenomenal. Really, uh, you know, building this project, we've all been working so hard at that. And it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sonica Venkatesh, who's based in Toronto. She 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 handles the product, the operations, and a little bit of marketing. Uh, we have uh, Anam Alvi, who does all the uh, uh, the programming, the um, uh, you know, the development, and all the uh, the website and all that stuff. And then obviously um, uh, Abhinav, who's our uh, also our uh, uh, developer slash software slash uh, business uh, manager, and so we're we're a great group, and uh, we work really really hard, and uh, and uh, we're super excited about the space, super super excited. Awesome. Well, Michaela, thank you so much. This is a really cool project. I, I really enjoyed like looking at the work and then learning more about it from you. And this was also really informative to hear about your experiences sort of bridging between two worlds over a long period of time. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. I had such a great time and I thank you for, for having me as a guest on your podcast. And uh, uh, I look forward to doing it again, hopefully soon. (laughs) Thank you. has a mood that should be dramatized. Now I have an idea that a gown is like a flower or a perfume. It has a distinct personality and atmosphere. Every dress conveys a message easily set to charming music. Take for instance a piquant little walking suit. It seems to breathe a saucy melody with a gay and tripping rhythm. Little heels that click upon the pavement. 
or maybe dainty steps along a graveled walk. Or let us say in the display there's a gown suitable for Easter. As the church doors open, it emerges looking radiant as the sun. Or maybe you've produced the last word in a ball gown. To me, it seems to cry for a waltz. A sensuous waltz that speaks of half-closed eyes and gleaming shoulders swaying ever so gently to the song of muted violins. Under it flows a counter-melody of half-breathed sighs. And then there are colors. Each color suggests a key. Red. Yellow. 